Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And uh, we're back again. Like I said last time, or two times ago, we're not going to be as usual in our recording schedule, as predictable as we were before, because we're old men with lives. Yeah. (laughs) Well, way too much job. So, I haven't even seen you since the last time we recorded, which was easily a month ago. Probably. If not more. Because how many... It's been several weeks since Doctor Who went off the air, and that was a week before. Yeah. So... My idea for this first episode back was just, what have we been doing? Reading, watching, playing, listening to, uh, driving, I don't know, whatever's new. <laughs> so, Pierce, why don't you start okay. off? Okay, I've been um, reading Apple and watching Apple and doing... Reading Apple? Reading Apple, I don't know. Like, this is this is a very in-depth <laughs> Granny Smith. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's... seven yeah. wine saps left to go. So, I mean, Christmas season hit, and for everyone in retail, you're fully aware of what that means. Yeah, I mean, we're early in it, but we're, you know... Well, I guess no, we're halfway. We're, we're, we're halfway, halfway the end. We're halfway into, yeah, December, I guess. I mean, it's a week till Christmas. I'm such a non-holiday person that I don't even pay attention, like... Well, I mean... Eh, the so, most the most I have is when people at my work, when they leave and go, Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas, and I'm just, I just want to either be like, what? Or say, bah humbug. So, okay, all right. Uh, so, when I was at UPS... That's like, nor- literally nor- when I normally find out a holiday is coming, like outside sure. of Christmas, if it's like... Oh, Memorial Day is oh, this yeah, weekend, yeah, yeah. I guess. Okay, Oh, whatever. yeah, there's explosions. It is 4th of July. <laughs> We're not just under attack. <laughs> it's not the aliens again. Yeah, exactly. So, no, when I was at UPS, it was... It was busy. I would definitely say that. But I don't think it was ever to the extent that Apple is. You know, we're not the... UPS wasn't the same level of retailer that, that Apple is. So that's... But really I would a, assume that package, you know, delivery goes up around the holidays, oh, right? Oh, most definitely. But the stores is a little different of a story. That's true. You know, if I was in the warehouse, that would be insane. But the stores... You know, it's definitely busier, but not to the same extent. It's not not as big of a party scene as the warehouses. Yes, saying. exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so that's that's chewed crunk. up. <laughs> so that's chewed up a lot of my time, honestly. Uh, so there's a couple other things, but but what about you? What's what's been this last month for you? Uh, just work, video games. I caught up on a lot of television, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And stuff, but life stuff. It's just been you know work and the normal business studying all that kind of stuff, but okay. nothing. Nothing crazy there. Yeah. I mean, at my job, which I think I've been pretty non-specific about my job, but my job gets does get busier around holidays, but it's not as crazy. It's like on the holiday or the day yeah. before or after. It gets really busy. Aside from that, it's not all it's, that yeah, bad. Whatever. But whatever. <laughs> my job's not exciting. So I said I've been watching a lot of TV. The show I just most recently caught up on, and I'm not actually caught up on. I watched the first season. The second season just came out, and I have not watched that yet. But a... It's it's one of those shows where it's a quote unquote Netflix original, which means it's a Netflix original in the U.S. But it's okay. It was a co-production, meaning Netflix gave the BBC money or I four, which or IT four, whichever ITV, whatever British station it was. It's a show called Peaky Blinders. Have you heard of this one? Never heard of that ever. So it's a weird name. It's Cillian Murphy, 
who you would know if you saw him. He was Scarecrow in Batman Begins. He was the guy they were incepting in Inception. Yeah. Okay, really um, weird bad guy, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Yeah. He was the Dude lead. from Red Eye. I don't know if I've ever seen Red Eye. Red Eye's just a movie about where he's a bad guy on a plane. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Uh, he was the lead in Breakfast on Pluto, if anyone's ever seen that. Um, I can almost guarantee you've never seen it, because nope. it, would, it would break your brain. Strange movie that I saw a little bit too young. I think if I saw it now, I'd be like, oh, this is an incredible movie. At the time I saw it, I was like, I don't know what to think about life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anybody who, who's seen okay. it, that movie right. is laughing. So before I forget this, remind me about The Signal, but continue. Okay. okay. But so Peaky Blinders. It is a, it's two series thus far. I don't know if there's more I haven't. I try when I'm watching these shows on Netflix to not look them up if I don't know a lot about them. Okay. To not find out, like, is this all there is until I'm done. Alright. I mean, you know, as long as, as, like, word of mouth is good, it's got a decent number of stars, I don't want to know, like, oh, and the next season is here, or, you know, because then you're going to find out if a major character dies or anything. Yeah, but exactly. So Cillian Murphy is your main and, uh, protagonist. Your main antagonist is Sam Neill, who you would know as Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. Gotcha. Uh, Alright. Um, and many, many. So we many have a bad things. guy as a good guy and a good guy as a bad guy. Well, so Peaky Blinders is set in 1919, at least the first series. Which okay. Which two six-episode series out on Netflix, at least. 1919 Ireland, where Cillian Murphy is the head of an Irish crime family. Okay. And Sam Neill is the head... Uh, I forget exactly what his title is, but detective or... Investigator. Government officer being sent by... Winston Churchill to go take down gotcha. this gang called the Peaky Blinders. Ah. They're called the Peaky Blinders because if you want to, if you want to picture a 1919 cap, almost like a golf cap, yeah, or like a beret, but where it's got a hard brim with the flat top. Yeah, flat yeah. Top. Okay. I had a customer wearing one of those tonight. Yeah. So they call them. They called this gang the Peaky Blinders because they would sew razor blades in between the brim and the part that's coming down so they could whip off their hat and blind you with them, using them as a weapon in a gang fight. Oh. I don't know how... I still haven't looked this up again because I'm only one season in. I finished season one last night or series one last night. It's weird with the co-productions, like which one do you call it, but whatever. I finished it last night, so... I, I have still haven't looked into like the historical accuracy. I was about to say, this. is that real at all? Or is that know. completely... But okay. it reads to me, especially as this is like... Towards the beginning of the Troubles in Ireland, mm. I buy it as something that would happen. Like you, all right. So I, probably I have the story knowledge. is completely unfounded, but that's a thing that probably exists. Or maybe not. I don't know. But okay. I, I have enough knowledge of the Troubles as a you know, I took that Irish film class in college and stuff. Did you really? Yeah, well, there's yeah. an Irish film class. It was very interesting. That's where I saw Breakfast okay. on Pluto, which had Silly Murphy in it because it's okay. he's an Irish actor. And and nine out of ten movies we watched in that class were about the Troubles from either the early 1900s all the way up till today or five or six years ago when I actually was in that class um, because they're ongoing, although they've died down much recently. But that's beside the point. Very fascinating, you know. And the whole ba- the whole crux of the first season is the Peaky Blinders robbed the shipment. I think they were trying to steal... I think what they were trying to steal, but it was something that they could sell for money. Turned out they stole a shipment of machine guns accidentally, yeah. and now the British government really wants these machine guns back because yeah. they don't want them to fall in the hands of the communists or of the IRA, or anybody else. 19, 1919 is post-World War I, right? Yes. Okay. And, and most of the main characters in the show fought in World War I. Okay. And now they feel abandoned by their country, and mm. so they've kind of formed into gangs, because it's all these guys that have, you know, come back, and, you know, the ones who have survived, they're now like family, and they're going to, you know, be a family who fights for each other when the government won't fight for exactly. them, you know. Um and when you have the IRA, because they're not part of the IRA, they don't even particularly like the IRA. But you got the IRA and the communists and all the different. So the groups. IRA was founded in the in the tens. 
Somewhere around there. I, okay. I mean, there's now nah, the IRA is. I, I don't want to get into religion or politics because that's not no, perfect well, the yeah. show. But the IRA is complicated. There are multiple multiple branches of the IRA, many of which who don't like each other a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, I saying the IRA is a very complicated. And True, but thing. the but the general concept that that existed. It's been around since even longer than then. I think okay. um, the Irish Republican Army. For anyone yes. who doesn't know, it's a. Separatist group? Well, I, I mean, it, 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 yeah, the whole idea that they don't want to be part of England. They don't want to be part of Great Britain. Yes. They're not yes, part of England. Yes. <laughs> Same thing, really. No. Um, they also don't want to be part of Wales, but they don't really have a problem with that because they're also <laughs> not on on the... You know, Wales, it's his own thing. I mean, really, yeah. come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they swim in the ocean. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was the most recent thing I've watched. Okay, many more I watched, but really liked it. Okay. I'm totally gonna watch the second series. All right, um, very good acting, and just several things. It had a number of moments in its six episode first series where I was like, "Whoa!" Was not expecting that. So okay, not the best thing I've ever watched, but definitely but, but solid. So my first thing, because I really only have, I really only have. How many shows do you have to talk about? At least three, counting that one that I can think of that I've watched in the, like the last two weeks. <laughs> okay, so I only have two. So one of my first thing is not going to be show at all. Fine, we're going to do playing, real. watching. No, we're we're it's it's kind of off track of all of that. Okay, um, we're been getting really into opium. I <laughs> love it. No, uh, so this past Thursday was Nicole Nicole's and mine. Is that the proper? Now I don't English? know if you said her name before on the show. Nicole's my girlfriend. Yeah, okay. But um, it was our anniversary. Which I saw on Facebook and specifically yes. did not put anything on Facebook just so I could talk to you about it. On yes. The show. Or, so, or just in person. So she and I actually Congratulations. Went to, thank you very much. Uh, so we she and all I all said it would never last. We were all wrong. <laughs> yeah, some some people promised us money if it did. So Really? Uh, <laughs> I was joking, but No, no, we uh, uh, so our friend Matt who you know, uh, the crazy Bar? one. Yes, okay. the crazy one. Uh, the first our like fifth date was He's a he's an interesting person. Yes. He is now over in Ukraine actually. They're going to be back soon. So uh, there's probably should be a Christmas party which you'll be invited to. Okay, cool. Um so, yeah, he was like, on the fifth day, he was like, yeah, all right, I bet you guys won't last a year. I'll put money on it. And so on the Facebook post, he was all like, oh, did I say money? I meant a lap dance. So you got a lap dance. <laughs> and when we're talking about this particular person, oh, he will I'm deliver. sure he would deliver. He will deliver. Uh, yeah, one year, just to give you an idea of this guy's personality, uh, for Halloween, which uh, his girlfriend, one of his wife's sister, puts on a Halloween party every year. Uh, he came as the pizza delivery boy with nothing but a pizza box around his waist. And I think some very small shorts. Very, but, very um, small shorts. Every year seems to be, how little clothing can I wear? <laughs> and call it a costume. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But so, he's a lot of fun at parties. No, he is, yes. Uh, and now he's teaching people English. So, anyway, she and I went up to New York, actually, for the day. Uh, okay. We spent the day in Manhattan. Uh, we kind of wandered around. Well, I was assuming Albany, but yeah, exactly. That's really. <laughs> we went Albany. up to Ithaca toward the gun factory. <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't hate that. It's actually a pretty so, cool tour. Yeah, I would imagine if you get the, the behind the scenes tour, it's cool. So we actually we hit up a bunch of things in in kind of I guess mid Manhattan. I don't know what's lower and mid, but you know we walked through Times Square. We did that whole... We did a lot of the touristy things, uh, just because it had been a while since either of us had been there. I made her do the nerdy things, so we went to both Apple stores. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, so I'm going to I'm gonna Apple out here for a minute, for just one second here. So if you ever get a chance, Grand Central Station is beautiful in and of itself. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever been. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Have you been to the Apple Store in there? I do not. Is that the Cube or is that is the other one? The Cube. The other one's the Cube. Okay. Okay. So it is up on the top portion because there's the stairs on either side. One's a restaurant now. The other is the Apple Store, and so it's up these stairs and then completely open, and then it just keeps going into side rooms and side rooms and side rooms. So that was pretty neat. And if it was any other time of year, apparently I could have gotten tours. Apparently, Apple employees are allowed to take tours of the other That's stores. That's cool. Yeah. So sometime during the summer, I might have to go back and hit the other ones up. Um, so we did. So I made her. I drug her there. I made her go to Nintendo World, okay. uh, which was fun uh, for you, for me. <laughs> but I mean, so her trade off was I got to do those things. She really wanted a carriage ride, so we did a carriage oh, ride cool. through uh, Central Park and whatnot. So then we went to the other Apple Store right next to Central Park. Which is the Cube. Which is the Cube. The one and that's that completely one, I don't underground. Think I've been inside, but I've been past. It's the Fifth Ave Store, is right. what it's called. So it's completely underground except for the large glass cube. Uh, and it's open actually 24 hours a day. <laughs> so when I walked in, it was probably around 8 o'clock, and it was insane in there. A.M. P.M. I was assuming, yeah. but yeah. It was... It was Absolutely insane. So I talked to some of the, the employees there, and they're like, "Yeah, this is this is even insane for us." I'm like, "Yeah, you guys. I don't know how you guys do this. This is <laughs> this is insane." So we kind of had the trade off. So I how do you keep those world famous chipper attitudes <laughs> with this mob? No, seriously, because there was this whole portion, and it was just weaving like a whole line. I'm like, "What's that line? We don't have that line." It goes, "Well, that's our express line." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, sure." So, yeah. It actually seemed to be moving at a fairly good clip? Or? <laughs> it, it was moving, but right. they had, like, it was it was definitely weaved. It was probably, like, 50 people in that line. Wow. I'm like, we don't actually, have... 50 people in a line around holiday season's not, not that too bad. But when the whole store is packed as well, yeah, it true, was definitely... True, true. Uh, so she and I actually went into Toys R Us. That was her idea, so we wandered around Toys R Us. Been inside that one, yeah. Uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was mostly it. We didn't really do anything... We wanted to go to John's on Blacker Street or something like that. Is it a bar? Or I don't know. What no, it's actually apparently a, fa- a famous pizza place, but it's like oh, okay. s- it's like really South Manhattan, so we kind of stuck around Central and went up to Central Park, which is really interesting because I don't know if you've, last time you were in New York, but as you get closer to Central Park, it's just kind of this ominous like building's end, and it's just no- it looks like nothingness in the skyline. It's kind of weird when you get used to cities. So that was that. That would be my watch, whatever first right. thing. Something that. you did, yeah, well, exactly. That's cool, yeah, but you had a good time. Oh, absolutely. It was like, it was exhausting. Like the next day, we were like, yeah, Everything we don't want to do anything. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was good. It was a lot of fun. So uh, let's see. Let's go in reverse order. So the previous show I watched, um, I, I've been watching a lot of TV because Netflix has been adding a bunch of stuff lately. It's been like I've been watching stuff as soon as they add it. Like we're just like so Netflix added another Netflix original, and yep. this one is like a Netflix Netflix original which you may have heard of because it made some news because it's the most expensive television series in history. In history, wow. Ten episodes cost them $90 million. Jeez. Yeah. And it's all on screen. Like, it's a good-looking show. This was a show originally developed for stars, and they were hoping to shoot in China, but when that didn't happen... Okay, so this is hopefully the show that I was going to hopefully talk about, yeah. But when that didn't... Oh, did you watch it too? No, but Ross just said he did, and he said it was really good. So, and when they couldn't get that uh, that shooting uh, location authorized or whatever by the Chinese government or whoever would be authorizing that. Stars passed on it, and Netflix was like, yeah, we'll spend $90 million on that. And they did. And the show's Marco Polo, which I would agree, also very good. Um, You're familiar with, like, CSI, CSI New York, CSI Miami. This is basically Game of Thrones ancient China. Okay. And I mean that as a positive. It's really good. Again, like Game of Thrones, takes a few episodes to get going. Like, I mean, it's not bad, but it's, you know... 
Till you what, really how get, many like, dragons are we talking? Um, surprisingly, because it takes place in China, there's not even like ornamental dragons that I noticed. Oh man! Well, no, I guess since like some of the locations there might be like a stone dragon here or that. Yeah. I remember some lions. I think. How many boobs? Lots. Okay. In the first or second episode, there is a extended, I'll say like two, three, four minute long fight scene between a woman and about six men coming to uh, assassinate her. Not really assassinate her, but she kills all of them while completely naked. Oh. And it is a full, like, crazy kung fu fight scene. Hmm. The fight scenes in the Shoreham. I'm about to say, like, really well choreographed and everything? Like, not quite wire foo stuff. Which, I, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not really into, like, kung fu movies. You're familiar with Ongbok the Warrior? Do you know anything about that? I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So I've it. seen some of the fight scenes. I haven't actually seen the movies, although I hear good things about them. But the really interesting thing about that, from what I understand, is the guy, and I don't remember his name, who, like, created them and stars in them. His, or I don't know if he created them, but he at least stars in them. His whole thing is he grew up watching kung fu movies and didn't real that, realize that a lot of the acrobatics they're doing were faked and done on wires. He didn't, because he was a yeah. kid. So he taught himself to do a lot of them. <laughs> he taught himself how to do a lot of these moves without the need of a wire or a stunt double or a crash mat or whatever. And that's what a lot of this fighting f- feels like. It's like, I only barely believe that that's physically possible, but I barely believe it. I believe that they did that. Some of the fighting, like there's a blind monk and there's, you know, yeah. all these different things where it's like, I just enough believe that that's physically possible that I'll buy it. Hmm. And not in a, I know that sounds like a negative where it's like, I almost don't buy that, but I almost, even if I thought, oh, you did that on a wire, it'd still be really cool. But here I'm just barely believing that that was done for real. Okay. And really, really cool fight scenes. Um, but yeah, it's basically season one, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it's basically, it's a show about Marco Polo, but season one is basically Kublai Khan trying to finally take out the last Chinese stronghold in China and unite Mongolia and China as one empire under him. Okay. But you've got the Chinese holdouts, you've got Kublai Khan's brother and his um, bastard brother, just like in Game of Thrones. I mean, and just like in history, you would have, like, you know, Genghis Khan is well known, and the Khan family is generally <laughs> known for having wives, and then not wives, but many children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all these people. Like, what's, what was that? I don't, what's the statistic? It's like, something like one-eighth of the human population can trace their genetic ancestry. And I'm making to, up that number, yeah. but it's something like that can trace their, number, their ancestry back to Genghis Khan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, where it's like everybody is angling for power, except maybe they're not, except maybe they are, except maybe the people you didn't think were are, and, mm. you know, vice versa. Lots of incest, you know. Actually, not much. Really? Okay. I'm trying to think of any. There's some near. I don't, without spoiling things, it'd be difficult to say. And everybody's all so related anyway, it's hard to really say. Because maybe some of it was, and I didn't realize it. Because, like I said, it's, you know, the Khan yeah. family, so, you know. But really cool battle scenes, really cool fight scenes. Pretty decent CGI. I mean, it's not a million dollars, but very entertaining. I don't know how close it is to actual history, although I did look up, because I finished season one, the history a little bit, and at least for the main bullet points of Kublai Khan came into power at this time, this person betrayed him, he killed them, this person did this to him, he took over this part of this country at this time. Like, it all seemed to be fairly accurate, at least big picture stuff. Standard big, okay. I doubt much of the actual Marco Polo stuff is that. Probably. Because like him, it's like, he went here with his father and uncle, okay, that's in the show, and was there for about 25 years. At this point in the show, that's not inaccurate, but I don't know how much of, like, I, like, I sincerely doubt... Uh, Marco Polo was taught to be a great warrior by a blind kung fu master. Probably, probably not. But it was really cool in the show when that happened. Yeah, you know. Okay, all right. 
So it so that's your next show. Um, mine. So uh, I definitely recommend it. Especially definitely for someone like okay. you, I know who. Right. Oh, likes. if we're recommending, I'm going to say I recommend New York. Go to go to New York. <laughs> well, no, no, but I'm saying I specifically recommend it to you as a person who I know enjoyed Game of Thrones. Okay. Right. You know, it's everything that's good about Game of Thrones is good about this show, except okay. there's no dragons. So next, if we're going sticking with shows, uh, the next thing. Oh, we don't have to. That's just what I'm. No, thinking, yeah, you know. but I'll say that I've only been watching really two shows. I feel like this season. Um, been watching a lot, a lot of like reruns. Like I'll put on. I've been watching Thirty Rock reruns. Like you know, you were watching Thirty Rock when I came in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of working through back through that. But I've been watching Constantine actually, the uh, NBC version of the Vertigo DC comic. Show. Yes, uh, better than the movie. <laughs> I think Herpes is slightly better than the movie, but I, I, I know our opinions differ I didn't on that. Hate the movie. All right, Did I say I defer, differ. I, I don't hate Con, or I don't hate Keanu. So let me let me just lay that down. I wouldn't. We've had this conversation before on the podcast. Yes, I wouldn't have minded him as strange, you know. So, which yes, by the since last yes. time we recorded, Benedict Cumberbatch has been finally confirmed, and Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, which I never would have thought in a million years, but that's awesome. Hmm, I didn't hear that. I before. love Kristen Ritter. Um, um, whether from Breaking Bad or Don't Trust the Bean Apartment 23, both great shows. Yeah. One of them is much more underrated than the other. <laughs> Speaking of dark things, uh, did you hear about Beetlejuice 2? Because I just heard about I've it. I've never seen Beetlejuice 1, so I don't really care, but uh, you, I, you, I, I have Wait, you've this. never seen Beetlejuice yeah. 1? That's like my favorite movie of Tim Burton. Keep, like, keep in mind my parents and that's things I wouldn't point. have been allowed to watch when I was a kid. That's a good point. But there's like the songs in that now, like I can't help Didn't know it was like, a musical until this very well, moment. No, it just, it has songs in it. So like, okay. um, what's the uh, six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch? They like commonly want to go home. Oh, okay. Yeah, th- there's that and there's like a famous like dance thing. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make you watch it. The, right. the audio listeners cannot understand okay, that I'm shrugging, yes. but I'm shrugging with a it's look pretty up. good. No idea. So they're making a second. So back to Constantine. Um, it, it's not bad. <laughs> so, Which for NBC is saying something. Yeah, like, so I gave, I gave Arrow half a season. I didn't even give Flash an episode. Because um, it's the Flash. It's Although the, I hear great things about them from people who like the Arrow and Flash. People really like, people Green really Arrow like and the Flash, yeah. but... Um, well, no, it's just called Arrow. I know, but yeah. I'm saying from people who like Green Arrow and people who like The Flash, they love these shows. Yeah. I don't care. You know, and I I don't hate the character of The Flash in, like, team-up stuff, so Justice League and all that, but in his regular comics, oh, how's he going to solve this problem? Go fast. Like, you know, that's really it. Uh, There's never going to be the episode where, I can only save the day if I can eat this entire pizza <laughs> in under an hour. Exactly. Like... <laughs> Yeah, there's not much skill to it, I feel like. So, remind me that. It's, it's the NASCAR of superheroes. <laughs> yes. Go fast, turn left. Turn okay, left. now go straight, now go straight. Okay, now it's time turn to turn left. left, turn left. Oh, wait, it's a weird looking track. We have to turn right <laughs> once. Uh, yeah, so, Constantine, though. Whoever is playing Constantine, I don't know actor's name. Can't remember. His, I, if I'd watched the show, I would probably be able to tell you. Yeah, he's not bad. Um I will the clips say, I've seen, he seemed fine. Yeah. There, I will say there is a remarkable difference, and I believe this is probably often so, between the pilot and the rest of the show. Oh, absolutely. Pi- generally, pilots are terrible. There are a couple standout pilots, so I can think of the lost pilot. Yeah. Um, that's the one I can think of. Okay. But generally, pilots are terrible. Rock, pilot wasn't terrible. But usually, they're very, t- just very markedly different from the shows the, that, that's will, very that true. will come after them. And so I will say the way that this is markedly different is... 
the pilot is much darker than the rest of the show. And it's about a character who they quickly cut from the rest of the Which series. Which I do not understand in the slightest, yes. Because apparently whatever they were planning with her after that was like, oh, this just isn't going to work. Really? Whether it was her or the storyline they were going to do, whatever it was, they're like, yeah, she's gone. Okay. <laughs> New character take place. Uh, and I wondered if it had to do with how dark it was. No idea. Uh, because in the in the trailer for the, the pilot and all that, it was very much like, you will see the dead, and they're, you know, uh, like... Black oil pouring. I saw some of the clips. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it seemed creepy enough. Yeah, exactly, and it had a very creepy feel to it. the The episodes that since then have been, you know, supernatural for sure, but I wouldn't say creepy to the level that the pilot was. And are we talking a show with overarching plot or creep of the week? Are we talking a mix of both, kind of Buffy style, Um, or many other shows? Yeah, so so pretty much a, a creep of the week with a. Darkness Rising kind of thing. Okay, um, so very similar to every other procedural out there in terms exactly. of structure. Very, very similar in structure. Uh, introduces a different girl immediately in the second episode. Because the first one is gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're kind of working her in. So it's definitely... Did they say, introduce... I, I'd read a few articles. Didn't they introduce like a guy and a girl? Like two sidekicks or something? Well, they're... And I say sidekicks, but I don't yeah. mean that. I don't mean so that Chaz, Chaz has always been like a... Like... I don't want to say tertiary character, but he's like... You mean tertiary? Yes. That, okay. Uh, tertiary would probably work. T- tertiary. I mean, yeah, tertiary. So... I think tertiary would be fifth. That would be pet. pet no, because it depends. Um, it depends if you're doing Greek or Latin. There are different ones where it's like, oh, it depends on which language root the word comes from. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was so, the least yeah, interesting yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> tangent ever. So he, so obviously Constantine main character, and then this girl Zed is is solidly the secondary character. So it's those two normally go on adventures. Sometimes there's chess. So we're talking about like a nine Rose and Mickey type deal, or or ten Rose and Mickey. Where like Mickey yeah. shows up every third episode yeah, exactly. and does something weird like no, that's by actually a trash a really can. yeah, that's a, yeah, that was oh, that <laughs> the worst episode. episode ever. That was the first episode too. Um, oh my, word. that's because it was the plastics. Yeah, I almost it's amazing I stuck with Doctor Who after that episode because it's so bad. After after the first season, like Eccleston really got the short end of the stick. There's a couple good episodes that. in Eccleston's run, and it's not his fault. No, it, are, no, I, and that's, that's it's what mostly I'm saying. crap. Like, People give him the short end of the stick when it's really not his fault yeah. in any way. And even like the episode is like, oh, this is a decent idea. You didn't know how to pull it off, and the CG is terrible, and you should have stuck away from the CG. Yeah. And when you tried and instead gave us monster POVs with a filter, colored filter over the lens, <laughs> episode after episode, this is just a bad idea. Yeah, but no. regardless, All right, it got so, better. Yeah, it, it definitely. And I wish Alcoson had gotten a second season, but you know. Oh, so yeah, it's really like a Mickey thing. And Chaz, not to really spoil anything, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but he's. I don't want to say immortal, but he just can't die. So he gets stabbed, he comes back, he gets, you know, hit by a car, he comes back, that okay. kind of thing. So he's kind of the beat stick. He's the Kenny. No, he show. really is, yeah. He's he's the beat stick that, oh, we're just going to have something traumatic happen to him because we want something dramatic to happen. Now, you said you don't want to spoil, but is it clear to the viewers of the show that this is what happens, or is this something you know from the comic? No, this is very clear. Like, okay. very first episode, like... Something happens to him next scene. Hell, hey, I'm here, guys. And they're like, what? And so... So it's like the K-Migs on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Are you watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, So you're going to agree with me and go, sure, it's just like that one. No. Yeah, I know. Literally no idea what I'm talking about. So it's not not terrible. It's still kind of Creep of the Week, which I don't mind. You know, I like that aspect of Fringe. 
Especially... The one know. season you watched, the, the weakest season. No, I watched more than... I got to Walternate coming over. Oh, really? I th- yeah. I thought you said you had only gotten to the point where she finally went over to the alternate Earth in the first, the first No, half, I got like... to when she got abducted. Oh, okay. So, spoilers, people. Yeah, for like season two of a six-season show. Eh, three or four. Was it the end of three? It might have been end of three, start of four, yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. I'd, I'd say give it a shot. If you like Supernatural... The show Supernatural? The show Supernatural. And like it for more reasons than just the brothers being adorable. Um, For more reasons than just abs. Yeah, no, seriously. That's like the only reason my sister watches that show. Um, You know, anything but anything in that Supernatural genre. If you like Buffy, if you like Fringe, I wouldn't say it's that level. But I'd say it's it's decently solid. uh, And it has a good... So I'm willing to overlook things as long as they create a decent world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the the worst example would probably be Twilight. Like, I'm willing to overlook <laughs> the horrificness of some of that, because she actually managed to create a non... Besides the sparkly part, a non-horrible world, right, of vampires, where some get powers, you know, there's a... An interesting version of the fiction. Exactly. So, same with... What's another example? Uh, Mistborn, which I've mentioned before. I finished okay. reading that. You know, this, the writing wasn't the greatest in the world, but he created a good enough world around it. And that's it. Sanderson, right? That's Sanderson. And he's known for, like, his systems and his world. Exactly. Like, so I'm willing to overlook it, not the best story for that reason. Sure. Um, or the worst story in the case of Twilight. Yeah, the literally <laughs> worst story. Um, or not as bad as Mano's Hands of Fate, but probably the second worst story I've ever read. Um, so, worst ongoing story. Yeah, that's say. a very good point. Uh so, yeah, I would say check out Constantine. I'm not, like, head over heels for it, but, you know, if you like the supernatural genre, I think that's, you know, definitely a solid choice. So right, I'll mix it up and go to something not TV-related, although okay. I do have more shows. I had to think of another one now that uh, you mentioned something. But um, I've been playing a lot... Well, I've been playing a lot of um, Xbox 360 Minecraft. I've been playing GTA V, which they just put out the trailer today for Heists. They're finally coming to online. Okay. Um, so very excited. Hopefully that means very soon, because they look cool. Um, and hopefully they put so much work into them, hopefully they'll be perfect, because that's, yeah. according to them, like, the reason they've taken so long is every time they thought they had it down, something else would come up and it'd be like, this part doesn't work, mm-hmm. and so they'd have to keep polishing it, and, you know, I'll accept that. I feel bad for those poor testers, yep. <laughs> but uh, I've been playing, because a new version of this game came out, I've gone back to playing the original version and its DLC. Okay. And that game is The Binding of Isaac. Yeah, uh, I've been re- seeing a big resurgence of that. Well, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which is the... Remake, it's basically the same guy who made the original went, okay, so now that I have money, this is the <laughs> version of the game I originally wanted to make. It's got pixel okay. art, it's more expansive, it's got even more stuff. Apparently you play as like a demon version or something. Well, you can always, there's okay. many. Have you ever played Bounty of Isaac? Not really. Okay. So it, it, Now that's the genre roguelike, right? Where you it is, die it is a modern roguelike, okay. yes. Yeah. So um, I went back to playing the original game, plus I bought the DLC because it was like three bucks, yeah. the Wrath of the Lamb DLC. So even though we don't talk religion or politics, it's very difficult to not even mention religion if you're talking about what yeah. Binding of Isaac is. So in the Bible, yes. there's a character named Abraham mm-hmm. and his son Isaac. Abraham wanted a son for hundreds of years. Finally, he gets one. Well, over it was a long it was, time. It was a, he was about like a hundred when he had a kid. Yes, yeah, fine. Or a son. I think he had daughters, right? No, no, he, he didn't have okay. any kid. I, I'm, a, I'm a several. Uh, I'm, I'm pra- I just realized I'm about a decade out of this life. So yes, my knowledge is and I'm finally. deeper in. So <laughs> um, finally has a kid when he's very old. Yes, a son, 
And when Isaac is like, what, seven or eight or something, uh-huh. God goes, okay, cool. So I gave you the son. Now, um, if you trust me, what you say you do. Now, real quick, bit of tidbit here. Do you know what Isaac means? I probably used to. Laughter. Really? Okay. So I don't know if that Because it was like in. Sarah laughed when Yeah, exactly. Said she was like, haha, that'll never happen. Yeah, because yeah. she was like 95 when yeah, she Yeah, I don't know if maybe the analogy came over here. But all right, so. Not really. Well, no? not unless you're laughing so hard you're crying. Okay, um, fair enough. Which good. But so when Isaac was like eight, God's like, okay, Abraham, you know, you, you trust me, right? You trust me? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. That son you wanted all this time, I'm going to need you to take him to that mountain over there and kill him. Uh, sacrifice him for, to me because that's what I'm into right now. So Abraham was like, well, okay, I trust you. And they go up to the mountain. And right when he's about to plunge the dagger into Isaac, God's like, JK. And here's a ram. Kill the ram instead. Yeah. So just it was just a test. Don't worry about it. And you can all go live your traumatized lives now. So the Binding of Isaac okay. <laughs> as a video game is about Isaac, mm-hmm. who's like this little kid, this little naked kid. <laughs> yeah, I always thought he was like a fetus. No, he's there. Are fetuses in the game. He he's like a pixely, like little flash animated kid, okay. naked kid. No, like genitals that you're gonna see. I think in like one cutscene you do see him. It's like a square, okay. <laughs> you know, and it's there for laughs. So laughter, yeah. I guess. But uh-huh. um, and actually reminds me of um, Requiem for a Dream. In that Isaac's mother is an insane woman who watches nothing but like televangelists on TV and thinks God is talking to her through her television mm. and thinks God is telling her she needs to murder her son Isaac. So Isaac escapes into the basement, which is a horrific place in this game, okay. and you're fighting demons and fetuses and worms and spiders and cr- the four horsemen of the apocalypse and Satan and all the other oh. different things as you're trying to finally get to the end boss of Mom. And then once you kill Mom, you then actually have to replay the game with some more levels, and then kill Mom, and then kill Mom's heart, and then you finally killed Mom. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, it's a very dark, gross, like, so you, you are Isaac, this little naked kid. <laughs> like, again, he's like this little flash anime kid who is in the basement, and it's a roguelike, like Pierce mentioned, so the levels are created randomly. The power-ups you're going to find are random, and when you die, you start the whole thing over. With new power-ups, new things that you can find, and so that's that's what a modern roguelike is. It's procedurally generated, and it's all ra- and it's all random, and it's you die, you're dead. It's meant to be the most difficult thing to do, unless you have a power-up that lets you like. There's a um, is it Tammy's head? There's a cat head you can find that if you get it, it reduces your hearts to one, but you get nine lives. Interesting. But every time you come back, you only have one heart. So even if you found more hearts since then, you only have the one. So you're finding power-ups, things like nuns' habits and miters and cats' paws and tails, and you attack enemies by crying on them. Because <laughs> that's the, you're fighting poop monsters and piles of poop and all these things in the basement. You cry at them. So what's a power-up you get? Well, you get toothpicks that you stick in your eyes. So now you're bleeding tears at them. Or um, a coat hanger, which gets jammed inside your head, so you'll cry more. Or <laughs> things wow. like... It's a very dark but black humory type game. Okay. <laughs> And that it's like, what's the more horrible thing we can do to him? And you will find fetuses that you will fight, or maybe a fetus that will join you and will hover around you and fire at enemies for you. Or uh, maybe you can make a deal with the devil and sacrifice some of your hearts for power-ups, or find a, uh, I think they're called angel rooms, where you might find the 
um, the mitre or the nun's habit or something like that. It's it's definitely made by someone who was raised in the church like I was and was scarred just as much by it as I was. Like, okay. every second of the game makes me go, you are for real. You are legit. Like, you are a person who really knows their stuff, and that's how you were able to make this game. But uh, it's fun. It's very okay. difficult. I finally killed Mom for realsies for the first time last night since I've been back playing. I killed Mom, like, in my third playthrough, and then in, like, my twelfth playthrough, killed Mom and then Mom's heart. So that's the... Wow. Okay. That's the fool. So, okay. But I keep playing, because it's like, there's challenges, and you can unlock other ca- characters, like Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, or Judas, or Cain. You can unlock different characters that you can mm. play as. Um, or um, Eve, um, who I think her power-up is like the Whore of Babylon. So she gets, like, more damage, but less hearts, and things like that. And, um, Interesting. It's very okay. fun. And creepy. All right. So my next one's going to be... It's a not a game for your grandma. Yeah, apparently. Next one is... Um, Kind of, you're saying that's a commentary. The next one is sort of a commentary, I guess. Uh, I haven't gotten to play it yet. So, it was on sale on Steam, and I just haven't had a day off yet to sit down and play it. It's called Hack and Slash. Okay. Uh, so, I originally saw it back in PAX. It's made by Double Fine, uh, which, if anyone knows, like, uh, Psychonauts is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I actually have a signed poster of Tim Schafer. Uh, of Who's Psycho- the main guy from yeah. that uh, Double Fine. Which, I don't know if I've said this before, he has a weak handshake and it was very disappointing. It was dead fish and it was made me sad. Um, so, Hack and Slash is uh, a commentary on Zelda, I guess you could say. Um, it's very clear parallels. You have a fairy um, who you find annoying. You, ha- <laughs> you, you know, you're a kid in a green hat with a sword and a shield. You have to defeat the evil sorcerer. Um, the gameplay looks very... Um, stylistically similar, so there's guards that follow the same up and down walking patterns and whatnot. The twist is that, you know, instead of being a hack and slash, it's a hackable slash. So you don't have a sword, you have a USB stick sword. <laughs> okay. And so you, like, hack into anything. So some, so to give an example, in the, like, the, one of the main videos is um, turtles underneath them there's a USB port. Okay. So you had to make them charge something, then you, they fall you mean over. nature's suction cups turn. Exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so right on, so they'll like charge something, they'll hit it, like hit a brick wall, flip over, and then there'll be a USB drive. And so you plug into the turtle, say, all right, well, I'm really low on health, so I need health. So this turtle's going to generate, instead of one heart, it's going to generate 50 hearts. And, you know, it lets lower its HP to zero. And so the game really gives you a lot of control over what you want it to do. That sounds interesting. Or, yeah, or let's say you need, let, let's say there's a swarm of things. So you could uh, turn that turtle to friendly and make it its basic input to attack or whatever. So it's going to become a friendly model and attack. Or another th- uh, example they showed was you can just make it permanently turn left. And <laughs> so all it did was spin the circle for forever. Um, now, are we talking about, like, here's a menu of things you can change, or do you need to know some basic coding? So, that looks like it was a menu thing. Uh, but it looks like for other parts of the game, you might need to know some basic coding. So, there's parts of the game where you can actually jump into the kind of system loop, or, like, the basic... The matrix? Yeah, basically the matrix. It's the basic programming loops, and you have to change some of that. So, it looks like it's a very, like, intelligent Zelda, where you kind of have to know kind of what the best thing is. And it's not just a hack and slash. You literally have to reprogram things. And um, there's the third eye 
hat, which will let you see the tracks that mobs are on, <laughs> or their visual zone. You know, because you, in how, how often in games you're like, how close can I get to this NPC before it notices me? Well, or what's its hit bo- hitbox? Or exactly. You know. So the so the third eye hat shows you exactly that, so you know where you can creep around, what you can do with that. So. Um, yeah, almost like the miner's hat in Binding of Isaac would let you see through walls. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know? uh, so I'm excited to actually give that a shot. Is this top down or three quarter view or what are we talking about in terms uh, of? I'm going to assume top down. Oh, you haven't even seen that. No, well, I I just don't know what exact phrase. So like when, the, when I say top down, I mean like classic, classic Zelda or classic, classic Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, so classic top down, Zelda. Sure. Yeah, top down. Three quarter view would be like a uh, Gears of War. Okay, no, no, type no, this view would be top or down. Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, yeah. Third person, but it's like, it's kind of above you, but kind of behind you, so three quarters. So this is completely, completely overhead. Cool. So, yeah. I want to hear more about this once you've played some of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Next for me that I've been watching, also in like the last two weeks, was a British show, or technically Scottish show, but I guess, I don't know if it was made by the BBC or what. It's called Broadchurch. Have you heard of this? Broadchurch, no. Okay. So, it's interesting in that it was recently made... Remade in the U.S., and I haven't seen that version either. Well, I haven't seen that version. I've seen Broadchurch now as Grace Point, but sort of like with, um, what's that AMC show they just put out that failed miserably, where the same actors played themselves, but in the American version as the British version? Well, the lead of the British version, the Scottish version, came over and played the lead in the American version. What is this? Broadchurch and Grace Point was the remake. Okay. But the lead actor is a guy you may have heard of named David Tennant. Hmm, not sure if I know. <laughs> AKA who the 10th Doctor. Yes. Uh, or somebody from Harry Potter. I don't remember. Okay. I knew this was something to do with one of the doctors because I'm like, there's two shows out there that each have a doctor in them. Eccleson's in one American show and Tennant's in a different show. And I couldn't remember which one was which. So, Broadchurch is your, I want to say, classic of a Twin Peaks or a The Killing. So, or... what? No, I could not stand Twin Peaks. I tried. Twin Peaks is a weird show, but I mean, the first season's pretty good. Second season's a mess and a half. But um, when I say in terms of it's this type of show, I mean in terms of it's a someone is murdered, and this season yeah. is about where the series, because it's a British show, is about the case to solve the murder. Okay. You can think of, uh, the, the American examples I think of are The Killing recently, or... Fargo? Would you say it's Fargo? To an extent... Was there, a, was there a murder that really said Was it the, the one guy? Yeah, I guess it was a murder that kind of set that one yeah. off. Sure. But not really. More I mean like the murder of a kid or a teenager. Okay. In this case, it's like a 12-year-old or 14-year-old boy who's found at the base of the Broadchurch Cliffs. Broadchurch is the name of the town. Yeah. By the way, I guess Grace Point's the name of the American town. They had to have something religious in the name and then just kind of... I don't even know if that's important because religion is not super important. No, but just show. like that's a, the name. There is a priest there. played by Rory. Really? Yeah, in the in the uh, British version or the Scottish version, um, but now, it's all about this kid is found at the base of the cliff. They never really would have met, would they have? Tennant and Rory. No. Yeah, that's weird. All right. um, where it looks like a suicide, but it's very quickly ruled a murder. Okay. Because the kid was strangled to death yeah, <laughs> from someone good. facing them, like you know, right in front of them, strangled them to death, and then made it look like a suicide. So it's David Tennant is a officer. Who or a detective who you don't know much in the beginning, but you know he was involved with a previous child murder case where he was kind of disgraced by the end. You don't know why, but people keep bringing up this other case. Do you know that he's the coming storm? <laughs> he's a very different character. He gets to okay. use a Scottish accent for once, for for, for instance. Um, <laughs> but 
it's all about him trying to solve this case. There's a lot more to him than you might realize off the off the bat. Don't worry, he's not the murderer. It's not one of those okay, cases, sure. you know. But it's him trying to. He's kind of the guy brought in from the outside to solve this case. And the person he's kind of replacing is not thrilled about this. She was out on leave for vacation for like two weeks, and she comes back and this guy has her job and is investigating this murder. Um, And, well, I guess he had replaced her while she was gone, and then this murder happens like the day after she gets back, and she's coming back to work, and, oh, you have kind of been replaced, and it's a big deal. But, so it's one of these shows where it's all about the town, and the townspeople, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody's got a little bit of a secret, and everybody could be the murderer, and who's it going to be, you don't really know, but that's what it's about. It's about trying to figure out who is the murderer. And by the end of the season, it's eight episodes, series, you definitely know who the murderer is, and that final episode, particularly the, like, last half of it, is heartbreaking. Hmm. When, like, when you find out who it is and all the people it's going to affect and all the people whose lives are going to be ruined because, you know, and that's spoiled absolutely nothing because anybody who in the show who it could have been would have ruined lives when it was found out. So you watched, which one did you watch, Broadchurch? I watched the original version only because that's the version Netflix has. I will totally watch the remake because I I think it's, from my understanding, it's definitely different. I think they've even said, like, the murderer is a different person type deal. But even if it was the same, I would want to see what they do. Particularly because, like, as David Tennant and the detective he's replacing, you know, she's working with him, but she doesn't like him very much. He's like the big city cop who's kind of a jerk, and this is a small town where everybody knows everybody. As their dynamic grows and grows, it just becomes more and more interesting. It's not a Holmes and Watson thing. It's not even necessarily a friendly thing, but it's fascinating to watch. Okay. As they're, like, trying to work together, but not very good at it. Okay. So... All the shows I've mentioned so far, I totally recommend, if you're the right person for that. If you're not a person who likes Game of Thrones or can't handle shows with violence and nudity, Marco Polo, not for you. If you don't like a depressing story about a town where a little kid gets murdered, um, Broadchurch oh, might not be for yeah, you. Uh, and what was the other one I said? Yeah, you, uh, you should pee binders. If you don't yeah. like If you don't like period pieces about the troubles in Ireland, this might not be a show for you. Yeah, you need to pick something happy. You need something happy in your list here. But it was really good. Okay. <laughs> and definitely had moments of levity. Uh, I would say... Um, Marco Polo was pretty happy. It was wasn't like a dark, depressing show. Okay, just a, but I I wouldn't say it's a lighthearted show. By any means. No, but yeah. certainly of the three. Okay, that's that's you know it's lighthearted in the same way that Game of Thrones can be lighthearted. It's not all oh this is the worst thing that's happened to me. <sighs> There's like murders in every episode, but some of them are funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess all right. So I'm going to say for my next one, something that I've watched before. I think I've talked about before would be South Park. Okay. Ongoing. Ongoing. Uh, so this season, they really... I don't want to say they pushed the line in anything, but... but they did a lot with video games, from what I understand, right? Uh, towards the end. So they actually did something that South Park doesn't normally do, which is have a storyline. Um, like an overarching <laughs> season story. Uh, not even a full overarching season story, but things that really impacted each next episode. Okay. So, like, I feel like that is a first step as a Less standalone. Yeah. Um, Less Simpsons, more... I don't know. Something Some, that matters. Something that has a story. Like, L- yes. Less family... Well, maybe the next case, less family guy, more Futurama? That might... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But even Futurama does a lot of, like, clinch in between. This was a lot more fluid. Okay, less um, family guy, more <laughs> Venture Brothers? Yeah, no, that's actually probably a good, good comparison. More Venture Brothers. Um, so, like, one thing that came out is that uh, Stan's dad is Lord. 
So you probably have heard it. So the point. the musical artist lord, the, the musical artist, New Zealand, lord. yes, teenager, um, I think. Yeah, she well, she's like eighteen, but yeah. Um, so you probably have heard someone at some point in the last couple months go, "I am Lord." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, really? <laughs> like you've not heard anyone say that? Don't think so. Okay, all right. So that's actually been a really like, and I hang out in a lot of nerd circles, but I've definitely heard people because that's the like the line. And it's actually like a commentary on the music industry and how you don't have to have too much, and not really a, a huge poke at Lord, but just the, you know, general, you can really change anything. And so he takes like him just going like, I am Lord, yeah, 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 it is Wednesday, it is great. And like add some drum kits and garage band kind of thing and like reloops some stuff and it turns into a Lord song, right? So they, you know, they kind of did a commentary on that, but the Lord thing works in the different episodes. Um, they did a whole drone episode, um, and legality of drones, but then a cop drone shoots a, uh, bystander drone, and then there's okay. a huge, huge drone-like standoff between the cops and the... Okay, so kind of a Ferguson Oh, uh, yeah, thing. so, okay. and I was surprised by that, because I was like, alright, I mean, I know they're South Park and they're irreverent, but they, you know, just did a very fresh thing about Ferguson, so, mm. um... And that's, like I think I said before, that's kind of the reason, like, I appreciate South Park, is they're... They're not afraid to go there. Yeah, they're not... Wherever there might be. And it's topical, too. So it's not like... They're not afraid to go there and throw poop at it. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) seriously. Uh, And an interesting one that I... When you mentioned video games, is kind of a commentary on... I guess you'd call it the commentary in the living room. And the idea of the last couple episodes was that the living room's dead. And that kids don't want to play video games. They want to watch people play video games. And, like, PewDiePie... Yeah, I heard they did a Let's Play, and they had PewDiePie in there. Yeah, PewDiePie was a big deal. Uh, so, in, like, past Christmas episodes, Mr. Hanky, who's, like, uh, who was living living poop, literally, yeah, would come and save the holiday. This time, PewDiePie comes and saves the holiday. Okay. So, yeah, it's just a... It's Which a, holiday? Did they do a Christmas episode? It was a Christmas early? episode. Okay. So, like, Cartman was starting to become too powerful of a, of a uh, face in the Twitter sphere, um, and so they... You know, PewDiePie comes in to save the day and comes in and is like, howdy ho! You know, so it's obviously an analogy of what they do. But, yeah, so it was interesting to see them comment on a lot of those things. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, if you want topical, make fun of things, I'd say that's, okay. you know, as always. It's not as, I would say it's so crude, but it's not the raw crudeness that it used to be. Like, it's more topical, but still decently crude. They did a freemium episode where the Canadians were the ones inventing Cana- uh, freemium games to steal money. Okay. And the uh, Canadian devil, who's named Beelzeboot, uh, <laughs> was the one behind it all. So uh, That's clever. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. The world's most polite demon. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. Um, so you saying drones made me think of something I hadn't uh, thought to bring up here, but have you seen Interstellar? Oh, I've seen Interstellar twice now. I shook my head no for anyone oh, who yeah, couldn't yeah. see that. That's true, yes, audio medium. <laughs> Pierce shook his head no. Then Jordan replied. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever watched one of those videos from like a library? Remember libraries? They were places where you get books. A library? And, and, What's a library? Um, my, well, our library um, ha- still probably has somewhere. They would have these VHS tapes that were specifically produced for the visually impaired. Oh, I didn't know so, that was a thing. Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't know those weren't just called cassettes and CDs. And so the one I saw was, I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders is the one with the giant stone ball at the beginning, right? Yes. Okay, I thought so, but no, yeah. I get them a little bit confused. I, I like most of them. But <laughs> um, we got that from there on VHS. This is back in the day. I was like 12, probably. And 
we got the visually impaired version, which means you're watching the movie and Indiana Jones is running away from the stone, you know, boulder at the beginning of the movie. And there is a voice saying, Indiana Jones runs toward the screen away from a large imposing boulder that is rolling towards him. Like in between dialogue, a voice will come up explaining what is happening visually and anything that's important visually. Okay. Um, that sounds awful. Why did I go down that tangent? I don't remember. Somehow, um, oh, because I because I shook my head no when we were talking oh, about yes. it. Oh, yes. So, Interstellar, yes. I've seen it twice. I um, As people may know, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Yep. This was the first Christopher Nolan movie in a while. I saw it in IMAX the first time, just regular theater the second time, in which I walked out and went, I don't know that I love that. Because really? normally when I walk out of a Christopher Nolan movie, it's like, holy crap, that was amazing. And, you know, there's... I think Memento's fine. I like Memento. It's not, like, mind-blowing for me. I, I it's think, good. I think the other thing is Memento is old at this point. True, but it has nothing to do with that. It's just... It's good. It's not great, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Same with Insomnia. I've seen Insomnia once. I've never seen it. Even Insomnia's even lower. I've seen it once. I don't know that I never need to see it again. It's fine. Robin Williams gives a very good performance. All the performances are good. I was kind of bored by the movie. And, and Batman Begins is kind of the same thing. It's kind of those three, and then most of them are in, kind of in between them. There's a couple that I think are just fantastic. But I think that's that's Nolan, though. I feel like he goes for the wow, and then when you look back, you don't know how potent it really was. I don't know. I'd say Inception sticks with me hardcore. That movie will bring me to tears at multiple points. I'd say Prestige. Time. So I think you and I differ slightly. I think your top is Prestige for him. It's definitely up there. I love the prestige, but it's hard no, for me. Sorry, like I'm every sorry. time he releases the top a new is movie, Inception, right? They're, they're kind of right at the top. Okay. It's, it's like those couples stick at the top, and it's like I don't know which one's better. I love them my, all. Mine is definitely clearly prestige, um, and I love the prestige. And I think mine, it might be because I saw Inception way after, and so it was just the hype and the hype and the hype, and then I, I watched. I'm like, this is definitely good, but I didn't get to see it fresh. I had also you didn't get to of, see it in theaters, which it's one of those movies that like some of the visuals you want to see. It's sort of like. Interstellar. You want to see yeah, that in You theaters. really want a surround sound for the wall. You want the biggest screen you can possibly find to see Interstellar. Okay. Because it is visuals that you have never seen before. You're right. And that's like, you know. I saw Avatar for the first time. On well, I mean, Avatar is one of those movies that if you're not seeing it on the big screen in 3D, there's no reason to see it. Yeah. As opposed to Interstellar where it's just like, this is going to be greatly enhanced. Yeah. You know, Avatar is a nothing movie that looks very pretty. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Interstellar has things to say. But so I walked out of Interstellar going... There were definitely things I loved, but there was also things that I'm like, why is this in this movie? Why is this 30-minute subplot in this three-hour movie? I don't understand why this is here. This movie would have benefited greatly if you cut this and this and this. I don't get it. Anyway, Rebecca and Matthew came back from Boston for Thanksgiving, and the day after Thanksgiving, Matthew was like, I come home from work, and Matthew and Rebecca are there, and I'm just saying hi and all that stuff. And he goes, hey, my brother, my dad, and uh, a friend of his who was in the wedding, so I know him and from the bachelor party and stuff, we're going to see Interstellar tonight. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, well, I've already seen it, but actually, I do really want to see it again, because I did have these issues where I was like, there's so many incredible things in this movie, but I have these reservations that bring it from a, that was awesome, to a, that was good, but what? And for people who have seen the movie, it's not the things you're thinking of that I had problems with. The things that I've heard people had problems with, I was like, no, I buy that 100%. It's these things (laughs) over here that, you know, just bother me. Um, Saw it again with them, and was like, okay, now I'm on board. Okay. It was the second time I was like, okay, now that I have the full picture, these scenes, this subplot actually does make 100% sense. There's still one thing in it that I'm, and it's one character's reaction to one thing where I was like, I don't buy that for a second, but it's a very minor, minor thing from the secondary characters. 
So what do you think he's trying to say? You said every movie he has something that he's trying to say in it. What do you think it is for Interstellar? I don't know that I said. That's not exactly what I said, but I won't disagree with it even though it's not what I said. Um, Interstellar is about... It's about multiple things, but it's... If you want to encapsulate it to the very smallest thing, it's actually similar to Hickman's Fantastic Four and FF run. It's a father's love for his children. Okay. In this case, more father-daughter relationship than father-son, even though there's both children, just yeah. like there was in Fantastic Four. In Fantastic Four, it's, it steers a little bit more towards father-son, even though this father-daughter relationship is very important, and this one is a little bit more towards father-daughter, even though the son's relationship is very important. Um, it's his reaction to a thing at the end of towards the end of the movie that is the thing I'm talking about that bothered me. But it is a gorgeous movie. If you get a chance to see it in theaters, do so. Okay. Um, you will need three and a half hours to go see this movie, but it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. But that's all I'll say. Then the next day, Rebecca, Grace, Courtney, and I, my three sisters and I, went to go see uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Okay. And Have you, you seen that? that? I haven't seen the second one yet. Oh, so. okay. So, I would say... So, the f- uh, for the books, we keep saying we need to do, like, a big episode on that, and I'm sure it'll come eventually, but... Books. First book is probably my favorite book. Second book is still really good. Third book is a giant mess, but I love, love... I cannot stress how much I love the ending. Okay. The, the actual, like, climax the, denouement of the book. Not the epilogue so much, the epilogue's fine. But the climax and denouement of the third book right. is fantastic. First half of that third book is a mess. Mm-hmm. It is boring, it's depressing, and it just never ends. Second half is a little confusing, but at least it has that ending. Yeah. So, movies. First movie's pretty good. Yeah. Second movie's really good. I really like the second movie. Okay. Which, again, that's the opposite of the books. Yeah. You know, where one, I think the book, first book's really good, I think the first movie's okay, I think the second book is okay, I think the second movie's really good. Right. So the third movie is, they split the second book, or the third book into two parts, which people like to complain about. Here's one of the cases where I think they made the right decision. Because really? <laughs> that book has so many problems, and they need to rework so many things, that it's like, okay, I'm behind this. Especially after seeing the movie, because it's my favorite of the three now. Okay. And again, that first half of that third book is probably my least favorite section of the series. My favorite movie so far. Interesting. It is good. Yes, it's the first half of something, but they found a very good end point. Do they add a lot of extra stuff? No, they re- actually took out took out a lot of stuff really? for the better. Okay. They they cut characters. They moved characters' lines over to other characters. Um, things like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's death, they actually had to give... In one movie, they had to give... One of his scenes to Effie, and in one in the other movie they had to give one of his scenes to Hamish. I don't know which one is which, but because both movie characters are in this movie and they're both yeah. used very well, but it worked so well because one because you're not in Candace's head. That's the main problem with book three is yeah. you're in her head for all three books because it's first person, but she's the most insufferable in three. She essentially <laughs> spends the first half of the third book not comatose but in a PTSD riddled existence, mostly bedridden for the first third, half of that book. Which, I mean, I can understand. But it's also insufferable to read. I would imagine. Yeah. I would definitely imagine. Yes, it's understandable, but because you're not inside of her head, and you get to see the things, and you get to see the big world in the movie, it's far better. Yeah, There is a musical sequence in this movie. Not a musical sequence, but there's a couple points in the books where Katniss sings. Okay. Yeah, uh, have you, you've read the books, right? I've read the first book and a third. She sings to Rue in the first book. Yeah, okay. And that happens so, in the movie. Alright, so it's not like, hello my baby, hello, like... No, there's an old folk song called The Hanging Tree that she sings in the third book. And she sings it in this movie. And the way they do it is they start with her singing it. And then they cut to show you some scenes from around the, the world of Pan Am, the book world. 
And my God, is it beautiful. I'll have to bring up the song for you when we're done, just so you can hear the music. Because it is, it's got like the Philadelphia Boys Choir, Men's Choir, like joins in with her towards the end of the song. And it's just, it's hard to get across what's going on if you're not seeing the visuals, because the visuals are so powerful at that point. But it's good. Okay. And so I have the utmost confidence now in the third movie because A, or the fourth movie, because it's the same writers for both of these, I think the same writers and directors for part two and part one and part two. And if they can fix my least favorite part, they, I can, I think they're going to nail it. Okay. And Julianne Moore as President Coyne is perfect. And I will say no more to avoid spoilers, but she is damn perfect. You could not pick a better actress for that role. Okay. For okay. things that haven't happened yet because they will happen in the fourth movie. But you can definitely see the seeds being laid in this movie. Right, that is all I will right. say. So, my next one, and uh, I'm glad I remembered it. There is a movie that came out uh, on video that I think won the Sundance or something or other. Okay. Uh, called The Signal. Okay. Okay. Uh, the name is ringing a bell, but I can't... Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Um... Some kids and aliens. Uh, there were probably commercials. Lawrence Fisher in, in a uh, hazmat suit saying, "When was the first time you encountered the signal?" Stuff like that. Um, Ran less of a bell. <laughs> okay, uh, it was. It, they commercialized it for a little while. Um, I don't know what you mean by that phrase. They had commercials for it. Okay, they advertised yes, it for a while. They okay, for a while. Um, it was not, and, and I think this this is. Standard advertising, but it's not nearly similar to how they advertised it. Totally um, different, structurally very different. Yeah, probably. totally very slow, very quiet. I'm assuming the movie is slow and quiet. The trailers made it look like some action-packed thrill ride. Uh, not even so much action-packed thrill ride. Or just that that's so, the dichotomy. Well, yeah, but a very, very limited cast. And kind of... I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, so you can tell... Like, all of the budget went towards the end of the movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but basically, these kids, they're boy and a girl, kind of with a, looks like a relationship, but kind of rocky in that. And then um, the guy's best friend, they're MIT students, they're moving her out to California for something. They're going across country, and there's this hacker that uh, called Nomad that got the, the boys in trouble and almost got them expelled, right? And Nomad kind of blamed them. And they're kind of like on the hunt for Nomad. And they kind of trace him to this abandoned building in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. And As they're moving? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're moving cross-country and using that as an excuse to go track this guy down? Well, basically, they're going cross-country to California. They're like, look, it's an hour out of way. we got to do this. Okay. Uh, and the, the, the girl's like, do you really want to do this? And they're like, yeah, we want to do this. Uh <laughs> Uh, all, all the while, like, Nomad... All the while people are telling them, you shouldn't do this. No, yeah. All the while, Nomad's, like, sending them pictures of exactly where they are in their car, like, he's on top of them. Because the girl is Nomad. No. Um, (laughs) and basically they get there, they go through this creepy house, there's a little, you know, creepiness there, then the girl starts screaming because she was in the car. Are you giving me the entire plot of this movie? No, no, just the setup, just the setup. So this is, like, the first act. This is, this is, yeah, the first, like, 15 minutes. Then the alien abduction stuff starts from there. Okay. Um, they make it very clear, like, girl gets lifted off in the air. You said this and, on Netflix? No. Oh, okay. This was, this was just put out on DVD. Um, Sundance Film Festival okay. award winner. So, kind of goes from there. Lawrence Fishburne's like, when they're all in a sterile area, it's just the guy, the main guy by himself. 
and he's constantly interviewed. He's asked to do logic puzzles, this, that, the other thing. Like, really smart kid. Obviously, they established that earlier that he knows computers, MIT student, all that stuff. So he's secretly doing stuff in his room and all that. It's it's interesting, and it's more interesting when they kind of get out and go their own way, and then it kind of takes a more, I don't say traditional sci-fi twist, but not a very big twist to it. Like, there isn't a huge reveal. You're like, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense what's going on right now. Okay. Um, but they... It was the butler the whole time. It was the butler the whole time. But just, Lawrence Fishburne wasn't as big of a character. Well, no, he wasn't. He wasn't at the same time. Like, he wasn't one of the main characters, but didn't have a lot of... There wasn't a lot of dialogue within the movie. But there was. It's really weird. Okay. So there wasn't much action, uh, but it was a lot of... Just kind of like personalities in between. Uh, sure. So, yeah, if that makes sense. I'd say it was definitely good as far as like indie sci-fi films go. Um, but you can definitely tell like towards the end it started to get a lot more CGI heavy uh, with different effects and, you know, the couple different, the couple fight scenes that were in it. Um, but it definitely built up. And so it's just very interesting to go from like no special effects whatsoever to like especially a ton at the end. So, yeah. Yeah, wasn't bad. I, uh, when you mentioned, when you talk about Constantine, it made me think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that's going to be my next thing. And had, did you watch any of the first season? First four or five episodes? Okay. So the roughest of the show, period. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, they're now halfway through season two, they're at their break right now, and in the break, um, after Christmas, but before the show comes back, they're going to run the, um, eight-hour Agent Carter sh- uh, mini-show. Did you say eight-hour? It's going to be one block of eight hours? No, 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 no. It's, it's eight episodes, except they're airing the first two as one two-hour special. Okay. And then set the you know the six weeks after that will be the other six episodes. Gotcha. But, so it's an eight-hour eight mini-series, basically. Because I haven't really heard anything about them saying, oh, and we're going to do a part two. Maybe gotcha. they will. But... See how it's received and go from there. But, uh, dude, the show has gotten awesome. Really? I liked it from the beginning. Yes, it's, it was a weaker show, but it felt like the first season of a Whedon show in season one. And yes, it's not a Joss Whedon show, it's a Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancheron show, but so was Dollhouse, and just the Whedon and Whedon-adjacent family, all their things seem to be the first season, oh, we've said this before, first season is weak-ish, or the first couple episodes at least are very weak-ish, and then they figure out what they're doing, and it gets awesome. You know, I have no doubt that, you know, a season two of Firefly would have been, you know, a season two and three of Firefly would be like Firefly is the exception in that the first yeah. season of Firefly is pretty good, except for I mean, there's a couple episodes in the beginning where it's just like the train job really, you know, the but, train job is like my favorite episode <laughs> with the uh, Starship Troopers. Yes, costumes I and stuff. love that so much. But you know, there it has a couple weak episodes, but so it started weak. Agents of Shield did, and then it got better and better and better, and then you, you probably know by now, like the Winter Soldier twist added into it. Mm-hmm. Show got crazy good for the whole rest of that first season. Well, they're on the run, right? Well, yeah, that's basically after Winter Soldier, they're on the run. But that whole, you know, you've got uh, Bill Paxton in there as like, um, what's that character's name? Oh, Marvel comic Shield character. I can never get get Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman straight. Um, game over, man. Game over. That one, not the present Independence Day, <laughs> but the guy in Aliens. Um, okay, can't remember his name in the show. He's Aquarius. He's John... John Garrett. He plays John Garrett, who's a you know classic Marvel character. He shows up in Hickman's Secret Warriors. Um, sure. It's very important. He's a cyborg, which is not readily apparent in first in the show, even though I knew he was. But then they slowly reveal more and more, like, oh yeah, he's totally a cyborg. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Deathlock cyborg or just ran, random cyborg? Well, in the comics, I don't think there's any Deathlock thing. In the show, there's a very big Deathlock. That's why I knew they were kind of doing a Deathlock thing, so I didn't know if that was supposed to be like part of it. Spoilers for the first... Actually, I want to spoil some of Season 2 as well, because you're not watching. So for anyone who doesn't want to spoilers, sorry, but here's some spoilers for Seasons 1. So I called this very early on in his appearances in the show as like you know, an old friend of Coulson's and, you know, all kind of shit. I was like, well, he's clearly the villain. Like, mm. everything he's doing in here seems like the good guy. Oh, I think you told me about that before. But okay, yeah. I called very early on that he's the villain, and yes, no surprise to me, at least. Although it was very cool how they revealed it. He's definitely the bad guy. He's Hydra. He's not really, like, Kool-Aid drinking Hydra, but he knows they're the winning side, so yeah. he's sticking with them type deal. Um, it has been, So he was in charge of the Deathlock program. Mostly because he's trying to find more ways to fix himself because he's dying. Even though he's a yeah. cyborg, like the, the parts of him that are still around are dying. And by the end of it, he's in like this full Aquarius armor from the comics for mm-hmm. 30 seconds, and it's awesome, and then Coulson explodes him, and it's really funny. Um, it actually is pretty funny. And so that's season one. Season two, it's been all... They've been doing, doing flashbacks to Agent Carter, like in the 40s, and you have Daniel Whitehall, who was the Kraken from Secret Warriors. I know you haven't read Secret Warriors, but you mm-hmm. should. But another big... Hydra dude, green armor in the comics, played by a guy who you would know from Whedon things. Did you see much do about nothing? He's in that. I think he was in Dollhouse. He's been in plenty of Whedon stuff, though. But he's like this immortal villain who Agent Carter arrested towards the end of World War II, and now he's still around at the same age in the modern day. And he's trying to track down this thing that the S.H.I.E.L.D. stole from him like when they capture him, which is this obelisk. It's this black... It's not even shaped really like an obelisk, although they call it that for a while. But it's this black... Looks almost like a crystal, you could say. Uh-huh. Um, like a kind of janky... Almost like a lightning that's been lightning that's been solidified into onyx. And if you touch it, you turn to stone and die. That's a problem. Yep. But it's kind of cool because it's worked in the Kraken who can turn you to stone, um, at least in some versions. Um, it's really more um, uh, Gorgon who turns you to stone. I was about to say, yeah, wait. The Kraken turns you to stone? There's been references to Kraken turning people to stone, and that's kind of a comics thing. This, okay. kind of, kind of. I'm getting out of it. say, isn't that ironic? Wait, is that irony? <laughs> that the Kraken turns you to stone? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. And so, like, he's trying to get this obelisk. S.H.I.E.L.D. has this obelisk. If you touch it, you die. Mm-hmm. They brought in the Absorbing Man as the villain for the first two episodes, and they did that really well. Um, did he absorb it? He did, yeah. He was actually able to, like, turn his body into that oh. stuff. And but you've been getting hints that Raina, this character from the first season, you might have seen she was the girl in the flower dress. I would say she was she's an East Asian actress. She was kind of very creepy and weird. You might have seen her in the episode you watched. I don't know. Is the main girl still there? Sky. Yeah. Oh yeah. I keep wanting to call her Cloud. It's something to do with it. <laughs> something to do with that. Well, okay. she's gonna be important here in a minute. Okay. Like all in the first season, you had hints of Raina being like, you know, you and I are special. Like, Rain is kind of like a, a third party or even a fourth party in terms of, like, she's not on S.H.I.E.L.D. or Hydra. She's there for something else. Okay. But she's like, you're, sure. you're special. Like, you and I are special, and what will we become? And who knows? But that's my, that's what I'm looking into, and I want to find out this. And she's very interested in it. She steals the, the obelisk very early on and gives it to Sky's father, who we've known for a while. Sky's father's a monster and might have massacred a bunch of people in China. Huh. And... Sky got the same injection that Coulson did, which brought him back to life, which was Cree, basically spinal fluid or something, and that's finally been revealed that it was 100% Cree. We knew for a while, but they didn't okay. say it, but yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. had a Cree torso in suspended animation in a bunker that they huh. were 
that's how they brought Coulson back to life. And they were planning on using it on the Avengers. But they had this weird problem of if you inject someone with it, they start to, um, what is the term? Autograph? Not autograph. It's... What are you going for? You, you have a, there is a term for this, but you have a compulsion to write. Interesting. Okay. There, this is a real thing. But basically, anyone who is injected with it, they would start writing out this, like, alien letters or pattern or whatever. They would be compelled to do this. Okay. There is a specific term for it. I can't remember what it is. But it started happening to Colson. It happened to John Garrett because he got the injection. Scott was fine. Nothing happening with Sky when she gets this injection. So she is just great. Okay. Well, that was one of the questions. But so Colson's like, scribing. And if Colson originally didn't have this problem because... They knew this was an issue, so they came up with another idea, which is, okay, so we inject the people to bring them back. Then we have this crazy robot thing, this robot surgeon type thing. It's super creepy. And we'll cut open your skull, and we'll basically rewire your brain so your brain doesn't know you had this injection and came back to life. Okay. And as long as you don't know that you came back to life with this serum, GH325 or 328 or whatever, you're fine. Okay. But once Colson knows, then he starts... He's compelled to, like, carve into walls just, like, the same pattern over and over again. And there's other people that it's the same thing is happening to them. Basically, anyone S.H.I.E.L.D. brought back to life when they were testing this. Hmm. Eventually, Coulson's trying to figure out, because he's, like, he can't sleep, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, he finally tracks down some of the other people. There's big fights, because one guy's been, like, murdering the other people who have been carving it so he can get all the pieces. And finally, because the idea is, once we figure out what this is, we'll be fine. It's, I'm trying to carve this so I can get this full picture. If I could just see the picture, my brain would be able to stop itself. And that is what happens. They finally get to, like, the last guy who's a welder, and he's... The trick was they... You know, Coulson kept trying to carve it, because it's three-dimensional, but he didn't realize that. Gotcha. This guy welded a city. Huh. And once Coulson and the guy who'd been murdering everybody saw it, suddenly they were fine. They had no more compulsion to write. And so now, you're looking for something that has to do with the Kree and a city... And this obelisk is connected to the city as well. And if you bring this obelisk to the city, it will unleash some type of great power. Are you getting a picture in your head yet, Pierce? Uh, we're going in human. Yes, we are. Okay. So you have Sky's father, who she has not met, but he's played by, um, speaking of uh, Twin Peaks, Kyle MacLachlan, who okay. is incredible on the show. Just campy enough, yet just creepy enough that it balances really well. Okay. Because he's got these bad anger problems, and he's a super psycho murderer guy, and he's working with Hydra, but he wants to get his daughter back, and he keeps swearing that he's really a good person, and you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, but he's working with Reyna. And finally all the pieces come together, they finally find the city, it's in like Peru. It's like deep under Peru. Really? And they drill down there, there's probably, like, and, and Reyna can touch the obelisk and she's fine. And the, the idea is Sky can touch the obelisk as well and be fine. They will not kill them. Instead, it glows with the same pattern of... So like she's inhuman. So they finally get to the city. Okay. This is like the mid-season finale. They get to the city. Reyna, Sky, and Trip, who I don't think you met, but he was really awesome and he dies, so it's a shame. Or at least it appears he's dead at this point. They finally get to the city, and they're like, they've planted bombs, but they defuse the bombs just in time. Because like, they want to just blow up the city, because they, as far as they're concerned, it's a weapon that... Shield is going that Hydra's going to use to end the world, because the doctors where Shield's getting all their information from, and he's kind of a crazy person who keeps lying to Hydra, and that's where Shield's getting the information. So Shield just wants to blow it up. Well, they get down there and they get to this chamber, mm-hmm. kind of a round room, maybe the size of the room we're in right now, like a ten by ten, but round, okay. with a pillar in the center, and they put the obelisk in the center, and the black sides fall away, and a purple crystal 
rises up from the pillar, or maybe from inside the obelisk. It's a little unclear, but I don't think it matters whether that's just the key or whether it contains there. The crystal comes out, and a mist emerges from the crystal. That's what we're waiting for. Yep, all right. And all three of them get covered in cocoons. The one guy who is human just crumbles and dies, which is a shame because he was awesome. But they need to show you what this does. And uh, Sky and Reyna are both in these cocoons. You don't really see what Reyna is, but you can see she's got, like, quills, and she's become really mutated, but you don't really see a lot of it. And uh, Sky creates... It's not clear this is what's happening, but if you know what's happening, this is what's happening. Creates an earthquake to basically burst out of the shell. Okay. Because, and I've been calling this for months now, the doctor, her father, is Dr. Calvin Zabo. Comic book character, long-standing comic book character, otherwise known as Mr. Hyde. Okay. Which means if she's his daughter, and they kept having this recurring theme in the last couple episodes of the song, Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy. So she's Hal the Robot. Up with you. No. Okay. Hal 9000, no. She's Daisy Johnson. Okay. A.K.A. Quick. Ah. A.K.A. I don't think the current director of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. She's the person who in the comics hired Coulson, which is funny because in the show he hires her. Um, she's awesome. And so now we have Inhumans. We have Terrigen Mists. We have Terrigen Crystals. We don't think this is actually Adelan they were in, but maybe like Orlan or a different... I think Orlan's in Iceland, but, you know... Adelaide has been in the Pacific Ocean. That's where they originally found it, somewhere down there. Or Atlantic Ocean, somewhere down there. We just got cities hidden, you know. Well, the Inhumans do. But they three years before the movie, the Inhumans had come out, or four years, whatever it is, they've introduced Inhumans, the Terrigen Mist. They've introduced a couple other Inhumans in the after-credits tag. I am so excited. The Mist look cool. The cocoons look cool. The crystal look cool. Like, it all was like, holy crap, they're doing it. And they're doing it right. So let me ask you this. <laughs> why, and I know you're not the biggest fan of it, but why are you so excited for Inhumans, but are kind of ambivalent towards X-Men? Okay, so the main reason is, as I've said before, um, I can only afford one universe. Yes. Which is why I'm more of a Marvel guy. Marvel got me first. I can't afford to buy... I want to know as much about this universe as I can. That's why I don't even really like the Ultimate stuff. And X-Men is basically its own universe. And has been for okay. decades. If you read one X-Men book, you have to read all of the X-Men books. For the most part, there are some stragglers, outliers. But it's another 60 bucks a month, basically, to follow the X-Men stories. And because I don't really care that much about the X-Men outside of, like, Cable and Deadpool, I've been able to very much pull back from that and not have to deal with it. Whereas with the Inhumans, you're lucky, up until recently, if you get, like, an Inhuman story once every other year. Okay. And so, and it's much more self-contained. And so I've been able to read every Inhuman story pretty much that's been published in the last ten years, as they came out. And so I'm very up-to-date on the Inhumans, and it, and it hasn't been 60 bucks every month. It's been, I don't know, maybe 100 bucks over the last ten years I've spent on Inhuman stuff. That's fair. Um, also, Inhumans has that whole, like, Game of Thrones regal angle and class politics and stuff like that. And it's not just... Well, I mean, X-Men definitely has the... They've had some of that more recently, but it's also more, here's what this crazy person doesn't like about this other crazy person, and they've got crazy powers, and they're going to do stuff about That's it. That's fair. I mean, it just feels like... And I understand, cinematically, like, they don't have the X-Men to draw from. But it feels like, oh, there's this entire thing over here that, you know, people hate, but let's invent this thing that's basically the same thing. Who do people hate? Well, I mean, like in the in the Marvel world, X Men or mutants are still 
hated. Oh, okay. Which is something that I think we've talked about before. The whole, you know, yay, Avengers, boo, X-Men. Right. Like, you know, well, why do you hate on mutants, but all these people with superpowers over here are totally fine. Like, I don't well, And you know the answer to that, right? Money. No, 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 no. This is, and then uh, someone explained this to me one time, and I was like, that is the perfect reason. Why do people hate mutants, but not the other superheroes? I, I said I don't know. Well, no, I'm, this is the, yeah. the rhetorical question. Well, the answer is... Why do some people hate black people, or hate Indian people, or hate gay people, or hate women, or whatever? It doesn't make any sense, but people still do it. And it's the same reason here. They hate but, them because they're different, and because, for whatever reason, like, they have a problem. But see, like, the, the government then steps in and is all like, Alright, Sentinels, wipe out these ones, and then not these ones over here. Like, you have, know, you seen so... the, have you seen the Selma trailer recently? No. It's uh, the new biopic about uh, MLK Jr. Oh, okay. It, actually, the trailer looks amazing, by the way. But... Yeah, <laughs> look at, uh, you know, or Ferguson or anything else. I mean, we don't need to get into the politics no. of that, but, you know. But, so, and then you, you introduced... Or the, slavery. <laughs> slavery no, for hundreds of years. Didn't make any sense. But then you introduced this this third group, which I, I think they're, they are sufficiently trying to create it as a third group. To an extent, sure. I mean, they've been around forever, but... But they've really been solidified in the last... Couple of years. Yeah, a yeah. couple of years. Uh, who are basically the equivalent of... X-Men. Similar. I mean, other than the fact that they need Mist to be activated. Like... They need to be activated and, um, okay, in terms of, like, the actual, like, how it works, sure, that's the main difference, sure. Yeah. A- and they're not really hated? Like... Oh, no, they, they've, so far they are. Are they? I mean, in the past they really weren't because they lived on the moon. True. true. <laughs> you know, for a long time. They lived yeah. in the moon. They were separate from everybody else. They they were a royal society that left... It would sort of be like Latveria, if, or, or North Korea. Yeah. Like, you don't see a lot of, uh, of racism against North Korean people in... Uh, at least I hope not. In... I hope there's no racism anywhere. But specifically, I don't yeah. know of any, like... Because there's not a lot of North Korean people walking around. You yeah. know, or, like... You don't hear about, you know, it's a very secluded nation, you know. Yeah. Or like, like Latveria in, in the Marvel comics or something. You don't really see Latverians abroad, therefore you don't run into those problems. Yeah. You know. Alright. But I, I particularly like in humans because you have that, it's the other and it scares me, therefore xenophobia, therefore jingoism, therefore racism and sexism and homophobia and all that kind of stuff. But you also have the um, internal politics, the very Game of Thrones stuff, where you have um, House Boltagon... But then you also have, like, the other Inhumans all over the world who split off generations the and generations people, ago. The horse people. The well, no, not people. even them, but then you have, like, Orlon. And, you know, in the Inhuman series right now, you have, like, the other groups of Inhumans who have been raised to hate this royal family that did nothing for them ever and just shows up on Earth once in a while and does something crazy and then leaves. Hmm. And they're like, well, we're the Inhumans who stuck around and have had to live our lives and we don't have a crazy royal spaceship and we have one chunk of the crystal that we get to use on one person every generation because that's all we can afford to do. And you abandon us, you know. Like you've got you've got way more interesting angles as far as I'm concerned. On in okay. addition to the you know allegory for the other that the X Men can be. Okay. Sorry to cut things off so abruptly, folks, but that's where we're going to cut off part one. Uh, This was actually a really, really long recording session, but uh, part two should be out fairly soon-ish, so I I wouldn't expect to have to wait too long for that one, and there's already another episode in the can, so at least for now, we're back. Uh, Thanks for listening. Have a great week. This has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, speaking for uh, Pierce from Jersey. We hope you enjoyed it.
Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it. 